Hey, this is Brandon Sanderson, author of Mistborn. Welcome to the Legendarium. Let the army what versus. What the heck was that? <laughs> that was their chant. No, it wasn't. That was, it wasn't. That was Animal from the Muppets. <laughs> oh, my word. And welcome, everybody, to episode 107 of the Legendarium Podcast. I am Craig Hanks, your wonderful and lovely host, and uh, let's see, over there, when he's not on the Legendarium, you can find him weaving baskets with orphans, and you wouldn't believe how hard it is to weave those kids together. It's Todd Wenty. <laughs> Mostly when they're screaming. <laughs> and that tingly feeling you get on the back of your neck, well, legend has it, that's actually the stale, creepy breath of one Ken Johnson. Oh, I'm ready to destroy some evil today. <laughs> now, her flaxen locks are best described as either curly or gorgonesque. It's Megan Smythe. I got nothing. All right. Thanks for that. His feet grow even hairier with neglect, so every once in a while I have to bring up just how disgusting they are. It's Ryan Bruckman. It's time for a good trimming of my hobbit feet. They are really something. I hope you guys never have to see them. They are something. Me too. I can braid the knuckles. No, no, no. Please stop. Please stop. All right, everybody. Uh, before we get to Words of Radiance Section 5, which is what we're doing today, a uh, little bit of housekeeping like we do every week. Now, uh, first of all, I do want to thank uh, WorldsWithoutEnd.com. This is something I've neglected to do over the last few episodes, but I want to make sure that we finish out our Brandon Sanderson uh, series with a good thank you. We started with them at the beginning of the year. They kind of hosted a reading challenge that we did in 2016. We read 10... I want to say 10 uh, Brandon Sanderson books with Worlds Without End uh, this year. And so it was a ton of fun doing the reading challenge, getting to know a few of the people in the forums there, and watching over 350 Brandon Sanderson books showing up registered as read thanks to this reading challenge. Wow. So uh, I think it was you know several dozen people. I can't remember the number, but over 350 books read so congratulations to everybody who finished the challenge i am thinking about going back there worldswithoutend.com when we do our next series i'll think about it we'll see uh, if we want to do that but anyway now for those of you who have joined us recently and i am astounded by the number of people that have joined us recently thanks to the uh, brandon sanderson series don't worry just because we're at the end of the Words of Radiance podcast does not mean that we are done with brandon sanderson we are not done with brandon sanderson uh, we have Cosmere 101. I think that's in a week or two. Uh, we've, there's going to be the Arcanum Unbounded next month that comes out. We'll have tons of little stories to read there. There will be future books that are released. No worries. There's we'll stay up to date on the Sanderson. Yep. There's tons of material. Uh, the plan right now is to do at least one Sanderson book every month. Or and one Sanderson-themed podcast, I should say, every month. Yeah. So story, Cosmere stuff, whatever. Emperor's Soul, Sixth of Dusk, things like that. White yes. Sands. Anyway, but we are moving on. Uh, the Legendarium was never meant to be a Sanderson-only podcast, uh, and so we do need to move on to some other things. Luckily, we've decided to move on to the Wheel of Time, which should be a ton of fun, and uh, hopefully the Sanderson fans will stick with us, because I think there's a lot of overlap there, obviously because he wrote the last three books. So hang out with us, read, San or read Robert Jordan with us if you haven't read it before. Uh, we're going to get started on that here in about a month or so. We'll do our first uh, Robert Jordan-themed cast. Now, last thing here, the giveaway. The final word oh, yeah. of the day, I'll give that out in a few minutes here. You will have 
and here's the kicker one week this time you have one week to get the phrase to us yeah, tweet it at us facebook message it to us email it uh, whatever you can go to our website and email it to us uh, you'll have one week so midnight on friday october 7th i'm calling that as the deadline to get that to us midnight on friday october 7th uh, that same time frame by the way applies to the patreon giveaway of the Lightweaver pin and so if you want that one, donate anything on Patreon. $1 will get you an entry for the Lightweaver pin. A $3 donation will get you a double entry for all of the giveaways. So, midnight, Friday, October 7th, patreon.com slash legendarium. Anyway, all right, I think I'm good. Did I cover everything? Say, yeah. I think that, that was for the word of the day. I think that we was a lot of correct. That's midnight mountain time. Is that right? No, it's midnight just, just Eastern midnight? time. I go okay, by Eastern, Eastern time. time. But uh, if it's midnight where you are, you can tell me that, and I'll I'll, I'll let it go. You'll trust him. So, yeah, I'll there let you it. go. All right, everybody, we've we've vamped and everything else long enough. It's time to get going into this. All right, here we go. All right, hey, get ready for the. Everybody stare at Ryan uncomfortably. I'm totally ready. Oh yeah, that's not. You can't stare at me uncomfortably. I enjoy it too much. Best worst recap ever. Here we go. It is time to venture into the shattered plains. Dalinar and his army are headed into the center of the Shattered Plains using the handy-dandy map that Shallan created during her We're Going to Die date in the Chasms with Kaladin. Handy-dandy? Yep. <laughs> Who, by the way, he's getting left behind because he's still having some troubles with his Knight's Radiant mojo. So, you know, Sil's still gone. But before Dalinar can take off, he is joined by High Princes Aladar, Roeon, and Sabariel, and then he jettisons one deadweight shardbearer by revealing Kaladin's story about Amaram to be true via a little trickery with a shard blade. That being cleared up, they venture into the center of the Shattered Plains, only to be greeted by the glowing red eyes of the new Voidbringer, Parshendi. A lethe army what versus... What the heck was that? <laughs> that was their chant. No, it wasn't. That was, it wasn't. That was Animal from the Muppets. <laughs> oh, my word. A lethe army versus Parshendi Voidbringer. Fight! <laughs> and fight they do. While Dalinar and Adolin work to prevent the Parshendis from using their plus one song of Everstorm summoning, Shallan must do her best Indiana Jones impression and discover the Oathgate and figure out how to get it to work, or else everyone dies. <laughs> Don't worry, she does. <laughs> <laughs> At least you found that funny. Girl power part two. Now let's add a little pinch of crazy to this chaos and drop Zeth into the giant battle that's going on. He is returned to finish the job of killing Dalinar. Insert an amazing fight sequence, and then Zeth, he gets a touch into Dalinar and sends him flying into the sky to die. Pause the action. Meanwhile, oh. back at the war camps... <laughs> Kaladin changes his mind about letting Moash and his new friends kill the king. He hurries to prevent the assassination attempt and ends up stumbling right into it and gets beaten to a bloody pulp, but stands by his oath. Just before he's about to be shard-bladed, we hear Syl, and Kaladin says the next ideal of the Windrunner Order. I will protect even those I hate so long as it is right. And then Syl's like, bam, in your face, Stormfather. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop me now. Yes, I, I really <laughs> wish I could. I'm so happy right now. Kaladin, stretch forth thy hand. And then shabam, we get sealed a shard blade. Shabam? Shabam. You're worse than Todd. (laughs) Kaladin returns to his high level of badassery as a Night Radiant and heads out to the Shattered Plains, where he does an amazing wide receiver impression and catches Dalinar on his way up. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then he sends him safely back down. Possible you don't know how wide receivers work. <laughs> <laughs> I follow soccer. <laughs> it <we> shows. <laughs> Kaladin versus Zeth. Fight! <laughs> and we get a glorious fight through the high storm and everstorm that ends with Zeth dying and Kaladin taking the honor blade that he's been using. Which, depending on which book version you have, this happens differently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it gosh. sure did. Okay. We'll talk about that. Okay. All right. Dalinar and Shallan are able to get the army to the Oathgate, and right before the storm wall hits, they figure it out and head to Urithiru. Now everybody's headed to the Shattered Plains to get to Urithiru. So now for the last crazy few events. Sadius gets mouthy with Adolin, and Adolin's like, that's it. Stabs him <laughs> in the eye, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. Wait, who does Adolin yes. stab in the eye? Sadius. Sadius. Oh, right. Very, oh, yeah, that was great. Though. Very, very Sadius. To make sure. yeah. this it made me that. happiest. I was like, this is going to come back to haunt him later. Mm. Yeah. We also get Shallan revealing the final truth about how her mother died, that her mother actually tried to kill her, and then she in turn killed her back. Um, then we meet our current list of Knights Radiant. Shallan is a Lightweaver. Kaladin is, of course, a Windrunner. Renarin is a Truth Watcher, and Dalinar's like, I need to get in on this. Right? <laughs> so he goes and bonds the freaking Stormfather himself. <laughs> oh. I if you're gonna, will not be bam. your blade. Because if you're going to bond a Spren, go big. Yeah, why don't you just take uh, the, the Spren? Well, we'll talk about it anyway. Oh, and uh, by the way, neither Zeth or Yasna is dead. Yeah, Yasna else called her way out of dying, sort of. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And Zeth was revived by the Herald of Justice, and he was given a new shard blade, one that talks. Hmm. What? What could that be? Let's talk about what happened in this book now. <laughs> Do we have to? By the way, how about how about Crescent Man? We're like, oh, is he a world hopper? Oh, he might be. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a world hopper that. plus two. He's yeah. a bit of a herald. Who? He's a bit of a herald. The the crescent guy who you know. Nan. Darkness from yeah. uh, lifts chapter. Darkness. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Uh, wait, who did he turn out to be? Man He's the herald of justice. The herald, he okay, to be the herald right, right. of justice. Okay. Yes, I'm, it's all coming back. I gotta say, after we broke last time, I was threatening. I was like, I'm just gonna you know, kick you guys all out so I can read the book. That wasn't far off. I was pretty tired, and so I I relaxed the rest of the day. And went to sleep and woke up and then finished the book. And so within, I think it was within, what, 18 hours, mm -hmm. I was texting Ryan like, holy freaking crap, this is crazy. Uh, and I, yeah. I had it done. So it's been, it's already been a week. And so if I go, wait, what? It's just because I read it so fast. Some of the details are bound to have not stuck so well. Mm -hmm. It is just like Brandon Sanderson to end a book. Like he, he actually wraps up everything from that book. And then creates this whole new, like, let's go sideways. And now we're all at, how do you say it? Irituru? Irituru. Well, it depends. That place? Ryan places it squarely in the middle of Mexico. <laughs> and okay. so it's called Uritiru. Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I mean, that's The audio good book enough. called it Uruthiru. Uruthiru. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, bang, bang. All right, so where did should you know, we start with this craziness, We're going to call it Radiantville. Radiantville. <laughs> I think that's what it means. I can pronounce Uru that. Uru, Radiantville. And when translated into the old Dilethi, it means... Radiant. So I, I, I do want to talk about the Kaladin and Zeth fight. I told you I had some opinions on that. I didn't love it as much as I loved a lot of the other punching in the book. Um, not, not to say it wasn't fun and exciting and, and cool, but I, I've always... It's kind of like a Superman fight versus a Batman fight. Yeah. The Batman fight is always like a knockdown, drag out, uh, really earthy kind of cool 
fight or like the daredevil fights in mm-hmm. season one and season two yeah. versus a superman fight yep. where everybody's flying through the air and there's you know gravity has no hold on anybody and there's no way to get your bearings and so it it, it wasn't as grounded and easy for me to relate to and figure out what was going on but the definitely the stuff that was going on in Kaladin's head at the time was a lot of fun to read. It was still really interesting. I loved it a lot. Right. We mm-hmm. learn a lot about how the stormlight works. I mean, just flying through the storm, Kaladin is able to recharge. And then we find out that Syl, like we now know she's a shard blade, but she's kind of a shape-shifting shard blade, and she can be a spear, and she can be a shield. Oh, I'm impressed with that tongue twister you just threw out Thank there. Thank you. Which, by the so way, is a shape-shifting shard blade. Which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's not the only one, though. I mean, right. Shallan's pattern, uh, pattern shard blade the did same the same thing. thing. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess the spren can be whatever they the, need to be. As long as they are alive. And they, they explain that uh, later in the book. That's the difference is they use live oh. spren <laughs> as shard blades. Al- Alex says it's an anime fight. That's what I was going to say. Alex says <laughs> yeah. it's the same that thing. Is what it and that's exactly and that what it was. Be, it was an anime that may fight. be part of my problem is that I didn't grow up on anime. It's I, Don't get me wrong. I, have, I hold no animus toward anime. I just it's not something that's been a part of my life. Yeah. And so I I didn't have that to compare it to and to help me understand it. And I, I see where you're coming from. When I was when I was reading it, I I felt very much like I was creating in my mind a Zack Snyder S- Superman fight between yeah. Superman and Zod and, and what that felt like. For me... That's exactly what Danny Yard just said. Is it really? Yep. Yeah. Yep. For me, um, I actually enjoyed that because that was something that uh, um, it, it felt... It felt a lot like the old. Um, um, there was a, a series of books, BattleTech, uh, where they where they went through and they spent a lot of time talking about the aerial fights that were going on, the aerial dog fights. And so, f- I, I guess depending on your perspective and how much you'd had all of those kinds of things already, um, Brandon Sanderson's writing of that was very very compelling for me. It's probably because we're the old guys. I love BattleTech. I love that. All right, guys, <laughs> let's do a quick rapid fire round here. Tell me your favorite event or moment in this section i'll give you f- five seconds start to with megan it. starting with <laughs> megan <laughs> well that was easy i really enjoy all of you as people not in this moment okay uh the quote that i came out with is it's after um the alethi have <laughs> use your words good job people um, <laughs> they've they vanquished pretty much the Parshendi and Alar is talking with Dalinar and says it doesn't matter does it that we won well of course it matters but shouldn't it feel different exhaustion Dalinar said pain suffering this is what victory usually feels like Aladar we've won yes but now we have to survive with our victory and this is just kind of how I feel about the whole like ending like I said it just kind of all went sideways and now they have to deal with survivor's guilt they have to deal with um this new storm they uh, you know they no yeah. longer have to worry about the assassin in white they no longer have to worry about the parshendi as far as they know as far as we know um but they got a whole new mess of yeah now they to have to with. now they have to create this whole new and they found out that there is unrest in so many different places in the world and yet they still need to bring all of the knights radiant together well and they still have to deal with the parshendi because yeah. as that Everstorm ever goes storm moving hits. through, yeah. it's going to start changing the Parshman into Voidbringers, Bringers. just like Yasna was worried about. 
which is kind and of sad because the parchment always used to be able to choose what kind of form they would take, and now they're just going to be taken over by the Voidbringers. Yep. I'm glad you brought that up because I'd actually raised a question for me this time, is that specifically this time, they they all had a special spren that turned them to storm form. Yeah. Well, if they don't have that spren with them, they could, be de- they could have other forms that appear because the Everstorm gives them... That are there energy. other spren in the storm floating around? I don't know. And like uh, I, I had thought I that know. because the red lightning that they talked about in the Everstorm were really the spread. That's that what I thought still too. There, yeah. So that, that was, as it contacted oh, them, really? they would turn them into this in, oh, into this new storm form. I, I gotta big, say, I, I um, the name Everstorm kind of when I first heard it, I went, well, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. You know, it could be a thing that's being used for nefarious purposes by Odium or whoever else. Mm-hmm. But the Everstorm, that doesn't sound like such a rotten word. He could have named it anything. Sanderson could have named it anything, but he called it the Everstorm. And that that gave me some good vibes for later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is though. It's the op- it's kind of the opposite of the of my the god, high of the high storm, which is the Stormfather's domain, and now these two are going to be battling it out. You know I have issues when people name things really simply like, you know, Mount Doom. So if you call it like Death Storm or something like that, I would have had a problem. <laughs> the Death Storm. I kind of wish he had. I'll the storm, the storm that never stops. That was what I kept thinking of when he calls it the Everstorm. The storm that never stops. Right. Mm. Which raises a, another question about uh, the origin of storms. You know, that's where... Oh, like where the high storms come from? Well, the high storms, oh, yeah. yeah, they start at the origin, which Do I have they? a feel... Well, or do they just keep moving? According to according to lore, according to common Rosharian. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, yes, I think there are multiple forms of void, void bringers. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing the origin as a setting sometime in, if not book three, in book four. So. Oh yeah, I'm sure we'll have we'll end up having to deal with that. It's you been think mentioned too many times. That's where the Night Watcher lives. Ooh. Oh my gosh, Sean McCann. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Do you guys think there are multiple forms of Voidbringers? There has been other ones. There have been other ones shown, like the Thunderclasts and the ones in Dalinar's Visions. Maybe ten, like the Ten Radiants. Doggone it. Stop being smart. Just, you know what? Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. That's interesting. But they do say that this time is different than all the other times. Yeah. That's true. I think Stormform is one of the forms of Voidbringer because when you look at Dalinar's visions and the different things that he the, the Knights Radiant battled I think those are all different forms that these listeners can take brought to think, life by different spren are the listeners turning into those like I, I seem to remember something from the way of kings about little kind of inky black uh, teethy gnashy rip you apart <laughs> yes, animal the, things yeah. um, I don't know that, that was about as close as I'll ever come to wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey <laughs> stuff, by the way. Yeah, I'm, see, I'm thinking back to, like, the in one of Dalinar's visions in this one, he's chasing the, they're in the Pure Lake chasing yeah. the Spren, and it comes up out Midnight of the lake as, as, Thunderclass. as the, yeah. Yeah. I loved, oh. I, I loved that sequence. And I, I'm thinking that going forward, we're going to be reintroducing the Thunderclass. We're going to be reintroducing a lot of these uh, forms um, as the Everstorm goes through and creates. Every time ones. we say Thunderclass, I just hear Thundercats. I do. Too. Every time. Thundercats. <laughs> we All do right. have eight whole books to. Ken. Yes. What was your favorite moment in this book series? My <laughs> so much favorite. for Rapid Fire. Oh, in the book series or just <laughs> sorry in this? No, in oh, just okay. this. My my favorite my my favorite part. It, literally, I mean, I was all by myself reading it. Big old goofy grin on my face, just like going. Ah! 
<laughs> which I never do when I'm by myself because it's, it, expressions are like a, a social thing. But when when Kaladin actually says the words and Silk comes back and boom, he is like, you know, he's re- reclaimed and he's bigger and better than ever. You I was like, will not have him. Yeah, I just all of a sudden I was like, okay, that is cool. Yeah, Kaladin's the man. So, do you want to quote? Nope, that's good. <laughs> Save it. I see how it is. Craig. That was very loud, by the way. Sorry. sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. Um, that I'm going to... Okay, Ken kind of stole mine. I really liked that moment in the hallway. So, I'm going to go to a different moment uh, outside the narrative proper. I'm going straight to the Ars Arcanum. And something that oh. that gave me pause, so to speak, in the Ars Arcanum. Ooh. You're welcome. Uh <laughs> It just—it was this line that made me think of it. I believe this surge may have had something to do with atmospheric pressure. And when I read that sentence, little alarm bells started going off. Whoever is writing these is doing so in the past tense. That sounds awfully ominous to me, wouldn't you say? Do we think hmm. it's that Nas fellow that Ken mentioned? We know that the, we know who wrote, we know that the Ars Arcanum was written by Chris and Nas. Okay. Yes. And they're doing so in the past tense. So. Sure. I don't know what to make of that. But I'm just saying it was, there are so many little things like that. And it's because I've gotten to know Sanderson's writing style that there are these little things that I just start going, you know, that can't be an accident. That's interesting. He's not, he he does things on purpose. Here's why I'm not ready to ring alarm bells just yet is because it doesn't necessarily mean that they're referring to the past that we're reading now as present. They could be referring to the knight's radiant past beforehand. Sure, sure. Um, because we see Nas in this book back uh, when the after they all get the tattoos on their forehead and they chase away an ardent who is sitting there sketching them. And then oh, you look yeah. at there's a sketch later on in the book that says I had to you know it took me hours to watching these bridgemen to get a proper sketch of it. Okay. That's Nas. Oh. That's yeah. Nas there. All right. Huh. All right. Well, anyway. Yes. Todd. Okay, since nobody's gone for it, um, I had I had several, but the one that I will bring up because I know that we all want to talk about it a little bit more is Adolin taking out Sadius. <laughs> oh yeah. Um it and, felt so good and, and so from, bad. well for <sighs> me the, felt... the the thing that was the thing that I really liked about it, um uh part of it was the visceral level of the writing when he's when he says and he finally had enough strength to plunged the knife through his eye socket and then he pushed it into his brain and I just worked like, it yeah and then twisted I just, it and I, then yeah and, and I'm listening to the I, I'm because I was listening to it as it was going through and this was another one where I kind of went yeah I had to kind of pull over to the side of the road and say okay I'm clean now I have to wash my hands um but it was it it, it was visceral it was ugly it was um, it reminded me very much of of all of the knife fighting that I had seen in other films. And other <laughs> I thought you were going to say. I, know, right? I thought you were going to say prison. Yeah, the knife <laughs> fighting, the knife fights that I was involved with with the shanks and the shivs. Um, those were oh my gosh. those were tools. Those were weapons, man. Um, but the 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 thing for me that was the most um, painful about it is that Brandon never writes things like this. And has them not be addressed later. Right? Oh, yeah. And now mm-hmm. Adolin is just like every other high prince. He has a dark, dirty secret. And I'm afraid that um, 
I, I'm afraid from a from a standpoint of of the writing. This is going to come back to haunt him. This is going to mm-hmm. be causing problems with between him and Shalon. I'm sure this is going to cause problems between him and his dad. I'm sure this is going to cause problems in lots and lots of different ways. But more than that, it's going to give a real opportunity to watch this fall. And I'm I'm not excited. That's not the right word. But I'm anticipating some really good writing about what happens to Adolin in his head and in his life yeah. as he deals with what he's done. He didn't just he didn't just uh, I think they I think they said it in the book. This wasn't a this wasn't a duel. This wasn't even battle. Mm-hmm. This no. was much more primal than that. And mm-hmm. it was vengeance and it was personal and it was unnecessary and it was hidden. And all of those things added together make for just ugly, ugly, ugly things in human life. It, yeah, it just leaves so many. I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you something. I was talking with Megan mm-hmm. and Ken, I believe, after our last podcast about they were talking about the love triangle between Adolin, uh, Shalon, and Kaladin. And I, yeah, knowing I, this it, was, coming, I definitely get the sense that Kaladin and Adolin are kind of, you know, there's some sparks flying there. There's, <laughs> I, yeah. sorry, oh, no. sorry. Anyway, what were you saying? Sorry. <laughs> I, if you think back, one of the things that we know is that. The uh, the Stormfather or the or uh, it's Tanavast, the uh, Herald of Honor, who's speaking to Dalinar, says you could challenge him to a duel. He would he would agree to a champ you know, to doing champions. And I sat there and I thought this could be the first seed of turning Adolin into Odium's champion. Ooh, ooh. Uh, like, yowza! And that that would be really interesting because there is that moment when. Kaladin and Shallan come out of the chasms mm-hmm. or maybe they're still in there. I can't remember exactly when but Kaladin says look I don't like the guy we have our differences but he is a good man mm-hmm. yeah. talking about Adolin right yeah. well and everybody's and s- been saying that throughout and Dalinar has this whole thing you are what I never was you're such a good guy He's, that's and then been the, yeah, my, my father thinks I'm better than he yeah. I'm not. Right. And then he stabs it's him. Just, it's just, yeah. it's because people have been making assumptions about him this whole time. And Sadius, at one point earlier in the book, says, Oh, he, I could use Adolin as a pawn. And so I wonder why he, what Sadius thought was going to happen when he says this to Adolin's like, Oh, yeah, no, I'm just totally going to, I'm going to take over. You can't have two generals. And right. that's when Adolin snaps. And I just, I think, wow, Sadius just woefully misunderstood that whole situation he misunderestimated him yes thank you underestimated what was, was the word. what was yours so i'm going to take uh you, two of you took ones that i had in mind i'm going to take one that was uh yes yeah, sorry <laughs> just You're <kidding>. welcome. <laughs> we're really, not sorry uh <laughs> because i ruined it at the end of the last one point one uh, no, right. down <laughs> <our hammer in. laughs> it was the beginning of this one it's yes totally called it <laughs> It's the yeah. first chapter. First, first thing, one of the first things that happens out of there, <laughs> Dalinar revealing Amaram um, is one of my favorite parts in this section mm-hmm. because it it just solidifies even further uh, Dalinar as a man who believes in justice mm-hmm. in order. Uh oh, we lost our feed to everybody. Uh, oh, we did. Yep, I, I saw, saw the light go. Blinky, yeah, I saw blinky. A blinky blink there. <laughs> Let's see if we can get it back. That I oh, Strail says it's still working. Quote. Oh. That was yep. I may have just does. lost Scott, my ability to control Scott it. Scott says it too. That oh, that's weird. Yeah, everybody's everybody's said, seeing apparently. Freaking technology. All right, go on, make your point. Well, if you can see us anyway. Um, yes, Dal- uh, solidifies Dalinar as 
a, the, a man of justice and that light eyes and dark eyes don't matter to him personally in the sort of person that you are. Uh, I love that. I love Kaladin finally, like when you're seeing it from his viewpoint, you know, my final uh, bit of penance or punishment for this is having to apologize in public for this mm-hmm. and uh, Dalinar switching it right there. I, I loved it because it makes, I don't know, it solidified Dalinar. It gave a little bit of uh, something to Kaladin, a little bit of relief uh, that he has desperately needed mm-hmm. um, for these last two books to get something back. And so I absolutely love that part. Um, and also very quickly, I love Dalinar fighting Zeth and a- watching it from Adolin's perspective. Oh, and he's yeah. like, this it's incredible. You know, watching watching his father fight because we get to see we've been, we haven't really seen Dalinar as the Blackthorn other than in maybe a couple moments. And well, I even know the Chasm Fiend, and that's about it. But yeah, yeah. So it was it's really cool to see him battling that way. Well, and the fact that he was able to stave him off for quite a while. I don't know how long it actually was. Like if you're watching it, but it was like four pages on the page. You know, one of my just as a quick aside, not that this has anything to do with this, but. That always reminds me of um, the Seven Samurai. Did you guys ever watch that movie? No. No. It's oh my gosh. I, uh, yeah. It's Samurai. it is required watching. The black for, and white one. It's yeah. It's okay. called Seven Samurai. It's the the film that the Magnificent Seven, Seven is based, based on. Yep. Uh, but anyway, one of the things about this is they have all these duels, but real samurai duels were three seconds long. They would run at each other. They would each make a cut, and whoever was fastest or sneakiest. One because the other guy's guts were out on the ground now. Like that was the whole fight. Yes. Anyway, that that always kind of reminded me of that. Is like yeah. how long did that really take? Yeah. Because he can take four pages to describe it, but that might be probably watching it. It was about of, forty seconds. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so I, you guys need to watch that movie immediately. Go on, whoever. Well, was why talking. don't we? Uh, we need to do the word, word of, the of the day. day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The word of the day today. The final word of the day is truth. The word of the day is truth. Okay. And uh, so you can tweet the phrase at us now that you have all three. If you have not listened to the first two episodes, go ahead and get those. Uh, And you are also welcome to tweet an answer at me if you'd like. I'd love to hear what everybody (laughs) says. Uh, But And and that'll make more sense if you've heard all three episodes now. So, Mm -hmm. uh, again, you have until midnight, Friday, October 7th to get that to me that's midnight your time i don't care where you live uh but when i wake up on saturday i think it'll be pretty much saturday everywhere so that'll be it well said all right all right okay um there's a, a point here that someone in the comments brought up that i'm going to throw out and i'm sure it's on a, at least one of your lists uh did you guys uh catch the connection i this might i think this is actually just beforehand um about kaladin and helleran the connection um yep. Oh, Paladin yes. killed her. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that and that um, Shalon has been uh, angry with Amaram for killing Halloran, but she's going to find out that it was Kaladin at some point in time. Yeah. Eventually, so, she's got to find that out. And does he understand that? Yes, he knows. He knows. Okay, I'm trying to remember. In fact, I think he when they were in the chasms, he was trying to. Dis- he left out the part that he was the one who killed. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, who yeah. killed Halloran? He didn't think that it would make much difference, but he's going to find out later that it makes a lot of difference. I'm sure. It's right. going to matter. It's going to matter at some point. Yeah. 
But I think it's going to matter. I I think it's going to be one of those pieces that matters in the same way that Adolin killing Sadius in cold blood matters. Mm -hmm. Um, This is going to be this is going to be a piece that Shallan has is going to have to deal with both of these individuals who are and they're they're both older. They're both they're both attractive. They're both being positioned as love interests. And she's still a 17 year old girl who has killed two killed both of her parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's going to have to deal with the fact that yeah this is talk about messed up i mean the 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 setting for all of this but this was another thing that i thought was really interesting that all of the that all of the knights radiant are inherently broken in some way shape or form yes mm-hmm. kaladin shallan uh renarin they're they're all broken somehow and i wonder if that's part of what makes a uh, part of what makes them available to become a radiant is that they are so inherently broken and they find a way to rise above their brokenness if that's the case i wonder if this positions adolin to become a radiant so well and i want to know what happened to yasna if everybody's broken like yasna seemed to grow up with a charmed life and um, all of a sudden when she was 12 i'm not sure well, this brings up one of my one of my questions, uh, because we learn where is it? Shalon, this is kind of as things are winding down. Shalon mm-hmm. is reading about the orders of the Knights Radiant, uh, and there's a passage where she's thinking to herself: some orders were indiv- individualistic, while others, like the Windrunners, oh oh no, sorry, I'm reading the wrong part. Care must be taken to avoid placing these subjects in situations of powerful stress unless you accept the consequences of their potential investiture. So this is Taravangian, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, uh, care must be taken to avoid placing them in situations of powerful stress unless you accept the consequences of their potential investiture. First of all, that reminded me of snapping in Mistborn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And so yeah. this seems to be something that's a key to investiture all over the Cosmere. Uh if we're taking two to be a pattern, sure, why not? Uh, and then what was what were we just talking about? Uh, the brokenness. Yeah, and so Yasna, at some point, in order to gain access to these powers, she had to have been broken by something. Yeah. And so, which of these books, if book three is Dalinar's book, is book four or book five going to be Yasna's book? No. And, and where we get it in an interlude somehow. <laughs> no, I mean, Ryan is she says, going to meet up with everybody else? It belongs else? to Eshenai and Zeth are four and five in some Because I'd really fashion. like some more backstory. I, I want to know, I, I really want to know who Yasna was planning to have assassinated on the night that her father was assassinated. Yeah. Yep. Uh, how about learning a little bit about how Yasna survived? Yep. I have full confidence that she just moved herself into, sh- into Shades Mar. And existed there because remember they, she talks about the fact that if you go over there and you don't know what you're doing, you can be lost forever. Mm-hmm. And by the way, when she comes back, and Wit is there, <laughs> speaking to frogs and and birds. So I'm funny. I love Wit. Can I just say I really, really love Wit? We'll come back to that because that, there's a. We've, I've talked about this to you guys before after a podcast, but there's a section in there where I feel like what Wit is saying is Brandon talking to his audience, saying, "Guys, your expectations, keep them in yeah. check, because give me someone who's just here to be entertained, and I can be, and I'll be a god to them." But yeah, it, they're always going to write better in their heads. And I was like, I can, I can understand probably after all of this success, him going, guys, 
Uh, be careful. <laughs> be careful. I'm, you're going you're gonna to knock me off my pedestal here. I don't know why I'm typing with my fingers, but... <laughs> um, because that's apparently Brandon that. Sanderson's nervous tick, and that's how he ch- churns out novels. He well, just, he writes out, you know, he'll write out on tour and stuff like that, which is where you can actually get a section that was uh, being oh. read um, the, of Yasna's The Moment After. It's an interlude about Yasna coming out of that moment. It's very much the um, spoiler alert, everybody, for Mistborn Secret History in three, two, one. It's very much her Kelsier moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so oh, nice. It, it's, yeah. oh, if you haven't read, I didn't haven't read Ryan it. send it to us? I haven't sent it. I don't think oh, I've okay. sent it to him yet. Um, and I was going to bring you guys copies to review, but it didn't happen. Basically, I'm, the one thing about it that I want, I, I, it drove me crazy reading it through or reading the first time was like, how in the world did she survive with a knife through her chest? Yeah. yeah. And then and, drowning. Yeah. In this interlude, we learn, I mean, we learned that, yes, she else called. So, yeah, she brought herself into Shadesmore. But we also learn that as long as you have Stormlight in you, you don't die. Unless your head is crushed. Unless your, yeah, unless or your head is cut crushed. off. Oh. So she has that knife in her chest. She feels it when she goes into Shadesmar. She had to let them stab her with yeah. a knife before she could get another. So she, the first like two lines of it are her talking about feeling the knife in her ribs and everything. Oh. I'm like, dang. So, which, which explains a lot because I was, when I was reading that, I thought to myself, I wonder if she did a light weaving thing, created a more substantial image of herself and that's what was stabbed and that's how she got away from it nope okay i'm wrong once again i'm which also explains how zeth survived uh sort of so so, yeah that was intervention we might as well that that one was that one was divine we might as well talk about it since you brought up zeth coming back to life two things here let's talk about uh zeth coming back to life it matters a lot <laughs> or, since book four or book especially five is to about him especially yes. to zeth <laughs> well he, not really he wanted to be dead that's why it makes such a big difference i think um, that's gonna change so zeth dies two different ways if you have the paperback version he is killed by the storm kaladin does not kill him if you have the hardback version or if you listen to the audiobook kaladin shoves a shard blade into his spine yes and stabs him which is the version that I first read, and I love that that happens. Um, but that would sever his soul. Which is okay. Oh, great. Uh, I, I understand the Cosmere, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Until, Brandon yeah, says... the next moment. Brandon, uh, I'll have to find this one and send it to you as well. Brandon has said that he's going to have to, re- uh, later on in the book, explain something, what happened there originally with... Uh, Zeth being able to be brought back, even though a shard blade went through his spine, that it's there's something about shard blades that you can't, that doesn't prevent you from dying, or never mind. Whatever. That's a terrible phrasing. <laughs> um, We're good at this. Just find it. Um, <laughs> do your own homework. Do your own homework. <laughs> so, in the paperback version, <laughs> I want you the, to feed so me. so okay, the the rewritten paperback version. The rewritten. I'll wait Bra- for one hundred one. Brandon decided that. He needed to, it didn't fit for Kaladin to not hesitate and to go and active and and kill Zeth that way. And he felt it was so strongly that he decided to make the change when the paperback was released. I like the change a lot better, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. The change where he doesn't kill him? Mm -hmm. So he cuts, uh, help me with this one, Kenny. Stabs him in the wrist. Stabs him in the wrist. Stabs him in his his sword wrist. Takes the shard blade. Well, the blade drops. 
Well, he catches it. So yeah, he he I takes the it, honor so I guess blade. He does. He does. He does grab it. So yeah, he grabs the honor blade, and Zeth falls back into the storm. Yeah, right. And Kaladin takes off, does his little Superman deal. Yep. And that's and the storm supposedly kills him. And then when he comes back, the dialogue's a little different between him and the Herald of Justice. Yeah. Where he says, you know, I was dead, all those things, but I I unbonded my shard blade. I didn't have stormlight. I should be dead. Why am I not dead? Right. And then it resumes back to exactly what it was before. You know, because I brought you back, type things. This uh, this is one of the few instances that I've ever come across of a book being changed post-publishing in such a large way. Yeah. And so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I if you think uh, there's multiple versions of The Hobbit and things like right, that. Right, right. He, he changed that 15 years later because he knew <sighs> what he wanted to do with The Lord of the Rings. And, mm. and so he had mm-hmm. to go back and rewrite Chapter 5 to make it more ominous and all that stuff. But it was way after the fact... You know, this this was like the paperback. It was a yeah. year later he put it out. So it was actually anyway, strange, by the way, because I was listening to the Whisper Sync on Kindle while I was reading it. At, at that moment, I, I just happened to be listening and reading at the same time, and the audio is, <laughs> yeah. I know. What what what? Uh, I can Ken, do I Ken can do you're a, you're a wonderful human being. I know, I know, but <laughs> the audio is uh, original, where Kaladin kills him, and the ebook is the new yeah we just said that yeah but it's just it was weird to listen to it and watch it you know jump all around and threw three off it's, yeah it, it was, was it, but but what a but what an interesting what an interesting move that that brandon makes to say no i have to change this because it works better for the characters it works better for the story that i'm creating and to have the integrity about his work to be able to do that and the right. willingness to face whatever uh, potential negative backlash that was going to come upon him as a result of making that change. Um, I really respect that from the standpoint of saying no. It's I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be satisfied with something that is below what I expect it to be and what I need it to be for the rest of the story. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right, and, f- and la- again, I go to the level three place, and y'all go, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good job, Todd. <laughs> last last thing about yeah, that. Um, this is where I was originally going to reveal the Zile being Vasher deal yeah. because the sword, the shard blade that is given to Zeth's. What does he say? It's, oh, it's not a shard blade. It's hey, an honor blade, right? Want to kill today. something today? Nope. Say, want want to destroy some evil today? He, he did call it a shard blade. You guys blade, ready for a, a very short Cosmere 101? Yeah. Oh, boy. No. Nightblood, uh, if for those of you uh, who have read Warbreaker, if you haven't, jump ahead. By the way, when you told me that, I just suddenly had this huge appreciation for the order that you suggested that we all read these books in. Mm-hmm. Just all comes together. Continue. Makes a difference. Yes. So Nightblood was created by infusing breath, breath yeah. or a form of investiture. Was it 10,000 breaths or something so like that. that? In an attempt by them to recreate something they had seen before, which is a shard blade or an honor blade. Huh. He is, as Brandon puts it, like a robot version of a shard blade. If shard blades are spren, he is like an odd robot version, and he can do some really trippy things when investiture is poured into him, which we see at the end when Vasher well, yeah, is having that. his breath, you know, pulled into him while he's using it. Right. I am very interested to see in a world where investiture is much easier to access. Say what happens through when stormlight. Gets, gets stormlit. Yeah. Yeah. When you can use uh, Nightblood and see what he can do. So this is when I was going to make that reveal, but didn't happen. It's okay. Moving forward. What else should we talk about, people? Um, I, I do want, before we move on from Zeth and his death and all that stuff, uh, there was the passage when he's talking with Nin 
Um, and this is the point that I mistakenly started earlier when Shallan is learning about the Knights Radiant. Uh, some orders were individualistic, while others, like the Windrunners, functioned in teams with a specific hierarchy. Uh, I kind of thought this was why Teravangian didn't want Zeth to meet Kaladin. I understand now that, no, he really probably just didn't want Zeth to find out he wasn't truthless, right? right. And he also and didn't want Kaladin to come anything. into his powers, have that breaking moment. So, yeah, so anyway, I, I, I thought mistakenly at the time that's why he didn't want him to meet. Now it doesn't sound so dumb because uh, of this idea that uh, he could, Kaladin could convert Zeth in some way. Because Zeth, obviously, he tortures himself, he beats himself up, I've, I've done awful, terrible things, and then Nin, the, what what do we call him? The what radiant of truth? The, of, herald, the herald of, of justice. justice. Herald of justice, I was close. Uh, he says, you, not worthy, I watched you destroy yourself in the name of order, watched you obey your personal code when others would have fled or crumbled. Zeth, son Naturo, I watched you keep your word with perfection. This is a thing lost to most people. It is the only genuine beauty in the world. I doubt that I have ever found a man more worthy of the Skybreakers than you. Yeah. Uh, first of all, obviously it brings up some stuff for future books when Zeth could join the Order of the Knights Radiant. But also it just kind of justified my feeling through two books of, look, Zeth is a really good dude in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing some awful uh, things because other people are telling him to do it, but it's because he has found a code, his his moral code, and he sticks to it like nothing else. And I really respect that a lot. There's a um, there's a there's an interesting corollary with that when uh, when we look at the United States fascination the the fascination that exists in the United States with the samurai code uh, when you superimpose on the fact that probably some of the bloodiest fighting that has ever been done uh, in in the world, in the history of the world, was in the Pacific during World War II when American soldiers went against Japanese soldiers who were adhering to that samurai code. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting overlap on how a, a group of people can admire uh, a, a particular code, a particular way of living, and still have to deal with the bloody, the consequences. Responsi- the bloody responsibility yeah. of fighting against it. Sometimes we're a very erudite podcast. Thank you. I got that word in. Level, <laughs> le- nice. level three, thank you very much. No more level three moments for Todd. Todd has a really fun one. Uh, Which, um, hold on really quick. <laughs> Sorry, Todd. You guys want to know the uh, Oath of the Skybreakers? Oh, uh, sure. what's the, the first one is I will adhere to the law above all else or I something? I will put the law above all else. That's, that's the only one we know. Yeah, but and so that that's uh, Captain Creepy Black Pants guy from <laughs> Crescent Face. That yes. one, <laughs> yes. Captain Creepy Black Pants guy. Wibbly wobbly. I tiny, like it. Tiny tiny I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, mark that one in your calendar someplace. <laughs> All right, Todd, you were about to enlighten us with an incredible level three moment. Oh no, with with a anything but. Oh, this anything is a but. this is a level one moment of just sheer entertainment when when the king shows up. In Urathiru, oh. <laughs> in the in the company of a bunch of Herdesians, and they say, "Yeah, and one of them says that he's supposed to be king now." Yeah, how great is it that the Lopin was able to suck in Stormlight, and he's getting his other? Uh, what are we going to do oh, with a two-armed Lopin? He gets his arm. <laughs> that that was so gross, by the uh, way. <laughs> like the little nubs coming out of his arm. 
<laughs> Which makes me wonder. I was, I was Lopen, thinking about you that. glow. Come kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that oh, with. Um, hey, come let me stick about, you to something. <laughs> when you were talking about all the knights being broken, and I was like, Lopin doesn't really seem broken other than his arms. So I'm kind of curious as to what qualifies as broken. Sometimes but, broken is physical, I guess. Yeah, but I seriously, I the moment that Lopin sucked it in, and then this little nub starts growing out, he's like. Bring me some spears. I got spears. I've got some glowing to do. I'd like. Oh, the Lopin. This is so great. You are you are just a treasure every so time. Happy. I'll I'll be interested to see which other bridgemen are uh, are glowing as well. I'm well, telling yeah. you, I think the bridgemen are a are the. Are well, the they do say at one point that a bunch of the bridgemen start glowing. Yeah. The re- oh. The, the bridgemen are the recruiting brown well, Tef, for the yeah, knights. Yeah, Teft says it. Something about squires. Yes. Have we heard anything about squires? Somebody's saying on Facebook something about squires. Like oh. he'll, if Kaladin is a knight, That's then Lopin will saying. be his squire. I don't know anything oh. about that stuff. I don't recall the. Oh, see, I, I wanted think. Rock to be Lopin's squire. You wanted <laughs> have the two of them together. Oh. <laughs> Rock is Lopin's squire. That I, would be hilarious. This deserves a clap. Very small clap. <laughs> very, very quiet. Oh my gosh! So happy. Apparently, it is barely mentioned. I don't know. So, <laughs> I have to look that one up. We'll watch. We'll watch now that I've finished Words of Radiance, I plan on deeping in or deep diving into the uh, bad place. 17th uh, shard. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say, be mind. specific. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, by by the way, if, to everybody listening, if you haven't caught on, if we haven't made this very, very clear, a lot of this, or a lot, most of us are reading this for the first time. And so, yes, we will be reading it many, many more times oh, in yeah. the future. So sorry if we appear stupid. That's why we have Ryan here to be smart. And Megan. And Todd. Or pretend. No, and not do Todd. Do what I can. Todd. Not Todd. No. I am curious to see what happens with Murray's. Um, Ooh, and the yeah, revelation that he yeah. was the one who had the soul caster that he had loaned to Shalon's family and is now bringing Shalon's brothers out, which I feel can only be a mess. And I just, now that he knows who she is and what her powers are, and I also, I thought it was interesting that he, that she says, no, I'm Shalon, Vale was just a pseudonym. He's like, are you sure? Because yeah. I kind of think that this highborn lady is a is not really who the, you are. This is mm-hmm. the act. Which... I think we've all been getting throughout this whole story. He's probably right, but she hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. It's similar to uh, in Mistborn when Vin starts to become Valette a little bit more, mm-hmm. and she's starting to enjoy those things. I think that's. I think we could see something very similar. Here's uh, a split identity. Yeah. There. Uh, yeah. She can what? continue to change her face whenever she wants, so that's something. <laughs> Which is probably really nice in the morning or something. And you just right. eh, put this on today. Um, <laughs> so there. The one thing I caught. One thing I caught this time. When Amaram is taking off with the yes. uh, Herald with Town, um, I believe it's Town, but he talks about, I believe it's, is it him or is it Graves? They talk about the Sons of Honor. It's Graves. It's Graves, that's right, with Moash. So we have the Sons of Honor, we have the Ghost Bloods, and I'm pretty sure that I, I'm going to guess that uh, Amaram might be associated with the Sons of Honor. He well, he says it. Yeah, he, he says it to tell that he's a Son of Honor. Right. So. so we have Sons of Honor. We have the Ghostbloods. We have the Knights Radiant, um, and we've got Teravangian and his crew, and with everything that's going on. Which, by the way, well, it sounds like Graves is in on Teravangian's. Oh, so the Sons yeah. of Honor. Yes, Teravangian is probably leading Diving. the Sons of Honor with that. There. I mean, we're starting to get these additional factions. Yeah. That are appearing. That are going to. Obviously, well, clearly, book three is going to be kind of a political thriller type thing. And I could see that. Well, Dalinar, I mean, is still under the impression that Teravangian's a great guy. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. which did you guys uh, knowing what was is going on with Teravangian part five? I believe all of our, are his notations. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. 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 Yes, the, uh, on the that Edgar's. was really cool. I like the uh, well, the um, epistle of the fourth floorboard. <laughs> you know, that, that was found pretty, in, found in a drawer that on was the pretty floor, good. by the east wall. It's like how big was this diagram? Seriously, the whole room. my. Yeah, I have to bring this up. Someone else mentioned this, and uh, I was actually going to mention it. If you listen to the audiobook version, there is one moment that is just so annoying. A couple times when you get to the epigraphs that are uh, that are numbers one 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 seven nine zero one two. Oh, did he actually it, read all? They those? read every he, number. He read, and you're every number. He read them all. <laughs> he read them all. I was I like, skip seriously, this. Yeah. seriously. <laughs> he reads all of them out there. Here's well, the thing: if if you yeah, match what up are you dates, gonna do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, imagine you're directing this audiobook and you get to that section and, and he's like, am I really going to read all these? The alternative would be like, now there's an epigraph with lots of numbers. <laughs> and you'd, if you're listening to it, you'd be like, what the? Yeah. I need to know what those numbers are. You know, so of course he's going to read and it. Now so. I'm realizing the... that in, I think it's The Way of Kings, there's one part where it's um, Navani's notes and they all have dates. And I'm like, Ugh, do I want to go and check on the dates and see if they sync up? It does give you the clue that these to. seem to be dates when events are going to happen, is my guess, mm-hmm. because uh, you see that this is circa ele- uh, 1173 or something, and all these are like 1174, yeah. yeah. something. they all start with that, which makes me believe that they're event dates that are that are going to come. If I'm not mistaken, by the way, Navani's notes are part one of Words of Radiance. Okay. And is From, the weeping yeah. the end of the year or the yes. beginning of the new year? Yes. Okay. Thanks. So I, all right. I think that you're going, you're going to be able to read those again once this finishes up and goes, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that's referring to now. I know exactly what that's referring to now. Um, just because, uh, and I'd be interesting to see if if we don't see the this plan discovered later on by Dalinar or by someone else. Yeah. So. Or by one of the other Knights Radiance who they're still gathering in. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can bring in through the Oath Gate. It'd be interesting to see, it'd be interesting to see Renarin respond to the uh, to the diagram uh if his if his responsibility is to see truth um i th- i think it's going to be i think that would be interesting to have him be the one that discovers it i still feel yeah. badly for renarin i mean he hooray he's a radiant but the whole revelation that the reason why he froze up during the oh, because shard bear battle screaming. was because he heard he grabbed the shard blade and heard all the screaming by the way, a quick aside and then go back to that thought. But I love being on Facebook Live video and seeing when friends pop in to the feed so that I know when Jolene is checking in on Ken <laughs> to see if he... Like, oh, is he really going to record a podcast? Yes, yeah, yes, he pretty is. Much. Right. <laughs> anyway, Hi, Jolene. What were you saying? She secretly read the book. So I don't know, I, I'm curious <laughs> to see how, how Renarin grows. Like now his eyes have been healed and we know that oh, he's a radiant. She left. What? <laughs> Bye, Jolene. Um, and even his father acknowledges, I probably shouldn't be sending him out on errands anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Except so I'm curious to see what what position of authority, if if he takes one, that he ends up taking. Well, I, I'm I am interested to see what his uh, the powers of the Truth Watcher are: progression and um, illumination. I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, progression and illumination, which is the uh, same as Shalon, mm-hmm. that illumination ability, and then the same as Yim, the ability to heal. And uh, oh. that, so, I don't know if that that's the only thing that's there. But I'm also curious to see because they they have a conversation where Kaladin it's revealed that his eyes have turned blue, 
um, yes. where they talk about how they're going to have to revamp the social structure. And so, you know, you have Adolin, who's the older brother, and he's, you know, a shard bear, and he is like the quintessential elite man, according to everybody. Um, but if you have Renarin, who is a radiant, will that, like, will they somehow be equal, or will one be, I mean, will that be part of what pushes him, Adolin, over the edge? Yeah, well, I, don't know. I mean, the fact that you brought they it up do with, love each other a lot. Like these brothers really care about each other. Yeah, the fact that you bring it up with uh, Renarin, I think, is interesting, and that could make a very ser- uh, interesting clash point later on. If if my theory about Adolin being pushed to the dark side is true, <laughs> Renarin and Adolin having to, you know, deal with that. Um, but the fact like that Adolin has to deal are. with it with Shalon now too, like yeah. right. they're all calling her uh, uh, brightness, radiant. brightness radiant, and stuff like that, yeah. and he's like. Now she outranks me. What, yeah, what, 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 what am I? <laughs> what do I bring to the table? Um, I'm the guy who stabs people in the eye. That's, yeah. that's going to be one of his points of consternation, I think, in the next book is where he fits because now his brother yeah. and his cousin and, and his, his resurrected other cousin and his girlfriend and his his best yeah, friend. We're going to call Calvin. He knew who he was. And his, and his dad yeah. and several of his bodyguards are all radiants and he's just kind of still sitting here being Aelin. Okay. Which is freaking awesome, but it's hard when you watch it, everybody else. Yep. It was freaking awesome. Well, s- somebody, in the old world. Something. Is somebody remind me, because this was another of my favorite moments. I remember it being a favorite moment, but now I can't remember how it actually happened. How did Shalon reveal herself to Dalinar and say, oh, by the way, I should, I should be a Radiant now? She basically told him, hey, I'm a Radiant, and then she, like held out her palm and had a picture of Yasna. <laughs> Brought up a picture. Oh, of Yasna that's on right. Her that's what it was. And then oh, swore yeah. him to secrecy, even from Navani. It was yeah. so good. Yeah, she stuck in stormlight in front of him. I, you so guys know that. now, going back six episodes, that I just love Shalon, and yeah. so any yeah. any sort of in depth conversation that she can have with a new character, I love those moments. Mm-hmm. So when she has a heart to heart with Dalinar. I just I dug it hard. Yeah, well, and mm-hmm. I love that she automatically like he says, "Okay, I'm not going to tell anybody except Navani, obviously." And she's like, "Nope, no, I would prefer no, no. that you keep it to yourself." And I love that she stands up to him, which nobody ever does. Shalon does. Shalon knows she's fiery. <laughs> she she's is. a horny princess. I also love her uh, <laughs> it, when she discovers the oath gate and she's trying to figure out how to get it to work, and all the you know all the scholars are trying to figure it out, and then she's just like, "I know why this isn't working." Bing shard blade, <laughs> and then she sticks it in there, and, and the and it all works, and everyone's like, um, woman, uh, shard blade. Why do you uh, have a shard blade? I totally called that when they <laughs> try when they were trying all the other shard blades. Like, only a radiant a shard, shard blade, blade is going to work. A living which, shard blade. Which if, I, I didn't know. Yeah, they didn't, in they a, hadn't they didn't, said that yet, but yeah, yeah, explained living versus dead shard blade at the time, but yeah. Yeah, it, since we're there, I, I want to come back and talk about uh, Shalon's feelings towards her shard blade and Spren. Um, because oh yeah, because sad. she yeah. says she's like I hate you, mm-hmm. or something like that. I'm I'm going to get revenge on you. I'm this she's, is not going to end well. Well, it, pattern so, says well you'll get your revenge because I'm going to die. You're eventually you're going to kill me. She's like I don't want to kill you. I want my family. Yeah, yeah she's like so. uh, I, I hate you. He goes I know. Uh, <laughs> that I would w- be the opposite of the Han Solo scene. Right. <laughs> 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 I hate you. I know. Um, but you'll get your revenge when uh, when you kill me, something like that. And then she's like, "I just want my family back," you know. And I, I think that's going to be interesting. The fact that Pattern keeps reiterating this, which means when a Spren is killed, it's the breaking of the oaths. It's yeah. when we talk about Sil dying. All these uh, shard blades that exist are previous Spren 
who, when the Knights Radiant broke their oath, became basically inanimate. They just, they died, but it takes, they're able to relive again a little bit when they connect to a human. It takes 10 beats of their heart to reanimate this spren enough to make their, the shard blade work. And right. and they're trapped in the shard blade. This, this goes back to when they were talking about uh, measuring spren and they were held in that form. Um, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna find more and more that that wherever the spren was, whatever whatever form they were in, um, when the oath was broken, that's the form they stayed in. And so I wonder if we're going to find other. You know, we're we're, we're finding shard blades. We, there are these shard blades that are being passed around. But I wonder if we're going to find other things along the line too. Which still raises the question for me. We know where shard blades came from, but I'm not necessarily certain that that's what shard plate is no No, that seems to be more gem infused type stuff yeah but it's still not create it's i seem like creation yeah there's only a certain number it's not like anybody can just make shard and it's it's like they were talking about the half shard shields i think that there's something about the way that the fabrials worked um to create shard plate i imagine we'll i imagine what we'll find is that the there was uh, there was um uh, investiture involved in the creation of shard plate, um, but that it was that it is not about trapping spren, but it is that spren were involved in the process and gave the opportunity for for that to be created by using fabrials. Well, now I know we've lost the feed. Yeah, since it says because it broadcast says broadcast interrupted feed interrupted. So one moment, we'll be right back. Did, dun, 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 did you guys catch dun, dun, by the way? Um, I think it was in part three when they were doing like the engineering testing on the lift system and all of that. And, and, uh, Navani's, uh, ardent helper. What's her name? Starts with an R. I don't remember her name. Um, Ruth. Yeah, let's go with Ruth. I don't remember. I can look it up, but I'm not going to, but did, did you guys catch that? She's reading the notes from the guy who's measuring sprint. Who's got oh, the yes. theories about we're back. Yeah, we are. I didn't notice that. Yeah, she's oh, reading through the notes. Well, we about were for just a second. The guy who uh, the guy who was measuring sprint and had the or posited the theories about if you capture them, if you if you define them in this form, then they stay in that form. Yeah, it looks like we're moving again. Totally reading his notes on that. I have no control huh. of it over here right now. I'm not even sure how we're going to stop it because I can't access the stop <laughs> button. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hit the power button on the camera itself. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, let it, let us know. Give us a little word, everybody. Are we back? Oh, good. Okay, it looks like we're fixed. I'm just going to timestamp it again, and we'll cut that out of the recording. Spren and shard blades. So, sorry, we are back. Something about spren, something about shard blades. Uh, Todd, what were you saying? Yeah, I was just saying that I think that the creation of shard plate is uh, is probably based on the use of fabrials and spren giving the ability yeah. to do some kind of investiture I, thing but with I, I i don't buy i don't see investiture in the shard plates i just see a really really sophisticated ancient fabrial mm-hmm. uh there is some mention when they make it to urithiru uh in the middle of mexico that that there are <laughs> there there are some really amazing technologies that they yeah, yeah we're that gonna lost. if anything that i feel like the radiance would drain yeah, shard plate if they're stealing all of the stormlight well, maybe there's something about when it's in a fabrial and it can't be drained. I don't Kaladin know. Actually, Kaladin actually indicated that when he was draining, when he was taking in uh, Stormlight, he drained the... The helmet on his the fist. The helmet that was yeah. on his fist, yeah. No, it was, it. it was the opposite. The storm, or the helmet drained his Stormlight. Oh. Uh, so. His his club club helmet fist drained the Stormlight out of him, so he lost it faster. All of a sudden, it was just gone. Like, oops. Yeah. 
I have a feeling that the radiants create shard or have it's like, like a radiant engineering thing or something. They can create shard plate, or maybe it's even a, a higher than that. Maybe it's a herald thing, but I think it, I think there's some level that you go, you know, toward little d divinity that it actually becomes creatable. Mm, interesting. I would, I would, I would guess that that's going to be something. To Microphone, explore. Todd. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I would guess that that would be something that we're going to explore. I have a feeling. Yeah. I have a feeling it comes up. Uh, to everybody watching on Facebook, by the way, sorry, the feed is kind of going crazy. We're just going to keep going. Uh, our apologies if it just cuts out permanently. We have no more control over it, so we're. It's got a mind of its own. It's got a mind of its own. We'll go for another twenty we'll thirty minutes. Cameron Nightblood now. <laughs> this is uh, what happens when Skynet it's, rules. It's, Speaking it of Nightblood and Warbreaker, green when you said Nightblood, so now I'm a little worried. Speaking of Nightblood and Warbreaker, there is a moment where Adolin is watching um, Dalinar fight. Zeth, and he says that a fluttering tart brushed by the assassin in passing leap, leapt toward Adolin. The monster could command inanimate objects. Ooh, yeah. Which, I, I remember. I'm like, wait, but, but Zeth is always wearing white. How can that No, work? I think. Or was that something else? Because he, uh, he doesn't have night blood at that point. Um, it's He just lashed the yeah. the tarp to. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, he touches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it sure made me Good think call. the same thing. Ooh. What? It doesn't but, help that I just finished Warbreaker like two weeks ago, so it's all in my head. <laughs> but that does let you, if you think back also, since we're, we're making connections here, okay. um, you'll notice multiple times when Wit's talking to people, he makes comments like, uh, it's much easier with perfect pitch. Mm -hmm. um, yes. it, it's because he's he has a ton of breath. He has that ability. He's reached a certain heightening within uh, by taking in so much investiture and, and breath and things like that. Um, he's a mistborn. He's fully uh, he's fully breathy. He's <laughs> he's a breathy mistborn. <laughs> yes, who visits Roshar? He's a who surge binder. Who happens to have the moon scepter? Who happens to be very musically <laughs> talented? So I think that makes him a member of a boy band. Wait, he's one of the Jonas Brothers. He's a he's a dun, breathy dun, radiant dun. mistborn. <laughs> yeah, no, we. If you go back and actually look at the amount of breath everything takes to get uh, to a certain level, uh, he has perfect pitch, perfect color, per uh, all these different things. Uh, he's he's really high up there, you can right. tell. Uh, do we know if he had to go to a specific... I mean, it sounds like he was purposely meeting Yasna, so he's got some kind of contact system in Shadesmar, or maybe mm -hmm. it's related he's to other things. But, I mean, did he have to go to, to a specific place, or was she coming f from... It sounded like he was know. coming to that place because he knew that's where she was going to pop up. Right. Yep. They, so. I, there is there is a passage at one point where Rock is talking about his home up in the mountains. I'm so glad you brought this yep. up. Yeah. Where it basically talks about the portal to the other worlds. Yep. I can find it if you need me he's to. Telling oh, this, yeah, he's telling the story. the story about he's how his people... Um, have have why they why they have the warm the warm weather up where they live because yeah. of the 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 pool that is the portal between worlds right and why it gives a good uh, reason as to why he can see Sill and why he recognizes Spren and things mm -hmm. like that he there he's got a connection there um, to a shard pool or what is also called a perpendicular which is, is also why he gets so ticked off when Sigsel says it's just a warm pool dude yeah <laughs> yeah and he's like it is not. And Funny. I assume we'll get to that more in Cosmere 101, what all that stuff means. Being able to, yeah, a little more in terms so. of discussing shard pools and the perpendicular. Needless to say, yes, Wit knew where she was uh, going to be and was just waiting for her to exit uh, Shadesmar. And obviously he says, you were causing a lot of problems on the other side. 
You know, so he has traveled recently and been aware of what she's doing in Shadesmar. Been a while since the sprint had to deal with the living. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious to see if Navani returns to our main, you know, crew anytime soon. Because I'm a little bit worried that, well, probably Navani will help cushion it. But, I mean, Shalon basically told everybody, I saw you get stabbed. It it just, it called back to when um, in the Way of Kings... Yes, I call back to when in The Way of Kings, Amaram tells everybody, oh, yeah, I totally saw them ripping Dalinar apart and carrying away. Sh- Thank you. Yes. I'm having a hard time. It's all okay. um, good. <laughs> it's getting late. <laughs> it's getting late. Uh, sat, you know, and then it just became this huge problem because it was obvious that Dalinar was just fine. And I just yeah. can picture Yasna walking up and be like, hey, everybody, I'm not dead. And everybody just... Uh, Shalon, what up, yo? <laughs> uh, and, but I would see that as as but this Yasna is going to be then a, say, well, this is going to be one of those moments where Yasna says, "Yes, what she saw was true, and it wasn't." Let me explain. Yeah, can I, so. I throw a wrench in this, and or a possible conspiracy theory here? <laughs> I don't, I don't know that Yasna is coming back into this story anytime soon, because she's leaving yeah, with wit. Oh, with, really? Hoyd to go somewhere. He he says you might know something that I don't, um, and so uh, you know we're gonna go. Let's let's go on this journey. And so they agree to go off together. So this could be another one of those situations where she takes off and she could appear, uh, become a world hopper, and appear somewhere else. Uh, oh yeah, else. Oh, we don't that's know. A good that, point. Like that I'm sure she's gonna come back and be a part of this story. Eventually, be- because this the uh, extra interlude that I talked about earlier yeah. uh, was one that Brandon wrote for, to be in book three. So obviously she's going to have. There's going to be something there, but I'm not sure if she's coming back to be a main character sure. plot point thing, or if she's going off to become a Cosmere sure. plot point. Man, Wayne would have such a crush on her. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably oh, true. Yep. And she would hate him. She yep. would. That's and why that's he probably would love true her. too. <laughs> I I am I will be interested to see when Yasna and Shellon meet up again because that will happen regardless of what Yasna does. I Eventually, so. those two will meet up again, and that will be an interesting day, to quote Jane. Good day. I have a prediction to make. Okay. Um, this is just one of those things. You, we always ask toward the end of the podcast, what are your predictions? And I thought I'd get to mine now. In the lawn interlude, which was great, by the way, this is the the uh, uh, priestess, whatever, who goes oh, to yeah. Colinar and, and calls out the queen, calls out the queen, oh, yeah. starts the riots. It was a great interlude, but there's a, a bit in there. We're just told in one little line that Colinar had never been sacked. Well, guess what? By the eternal laws of fiction writing, I now <laughs> declare that that will happen in either the next book or the book after. The second I'd, I'd go with book forthwith. three. Okay. I, I can get behind that, especially because Teravangian's goal is that he is supposed to become king of everything, king of the world, basically. Right. And so eventually, if he's not going to be able to win Kolinar over because Dalinar's still around and Elhokar's still around, he's going to have to win it somehow. And it's already being broken apart by riots and the center being pulled away. I can I can totally get behind that, um, especially now as well with the fact that we have another storm going in the opposite direction that things are not prepared for and mm-hmm. are not ready to be protected. By, uh, they don't have the same protections. So I, I can get behind that. Well, and it's a storm that's going the other direction and deliberately causing chaos by making the slaves, the servants... 
you know, turn into rabid feral servants. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you think is going to happen? I can't. I don't know if I can say his name. Relaine. 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 Shen. The Parshen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bridge who, four. Who Good. called it? By the Which, way, the Manchurian Parshman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. But he. I, I mean, maybe they won't have that same storm in Irithiru. Irithiru. It's the tallest place in the world. Um, it is above just about everything. Yeah. The only reason that we know that is Zeth has been there. Yeah. I, I should say I, I shouldn't say that's the only reason. Zeth has been there, um, and he knows where they where they were going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, another another prediction for you guys. You ready for this? No. Uh, all of these um, knights, radiant orders, they seem to follow some sort of intent. Uh, yes. a- as in one of the shards of Adonalsium, they're they're called intents, right? Am I? I mean, Cosmere one one. I'm sure you'll school me on what this all means. But there's, you know, there's odium, who is hate. There's yes. uh-huh. there's preservation. There's ruin. There's whatever. Blah blah blah. Uh, I seem to see some sort of pattern in the orders of the Knights Radiant as well. They they seem to follow some sort of intent. Yes, you right. actually will. Uh, they say. Mm, trying to remember where if this is in the book or if this is in other stuff that the symbol of the knight's radiant is actually the orders are overlaid onto those very similar points there um so i'll have to find it and talk about it in cosmere 101 but there is actually a discussion about how the knight's radiant they each embody what one of the heralds represents Mm -hmm. each of the heralds kind of represented a very specific thing honor uh being the the, one of the chiefest among them Um, truth Truth. Things yeah. Like anyway, yeah. so the reason I bring this up is because of one of the epigraphs, the uh, one of Teravangian's uh, diagram snippets. Question: For what essential must we strive? Answer: The essential of preservation to shelter a seed of humanity through the coming storm. So that made me think: Is because the word preservation is there? Is an essential? Is that his word for an intent? Is that kind of the same thing? And then follow up to that question, what cost must we bear? Answer, the cost is irrelevant. Mankind must survive. Our burden is that of the species and all other considerations are but dust by comparison. And it it makes me wonder, is Taravangian possibly going to join the Knights Radiant as, uh, you know, following this particular intent or what he calls Mm. an essential because we have zeth who has done some what we would say are really really awful things very immoral things but he did them did them in the service of uh what would we say obedience or uh, law i guess (laughs) and justice there that's the word i'm looking for and teravangian has done some really really awful things has broken himself thanks to the what's it called the night watcher uh has broken himself and he does all of this in the service of that intent of preservation much preservation much like the lord ruler much like the lord ruler who as we find out is a much more sympathetic character in the end than he's given credit for yeah yeah in the first book yeah or the second right anyway uh that's uh, i think i so I, I'm not I'm not ready to stake my flag in that one just yet and say Teravangian is totally a knight's, knight radiant, but I, I see the seeds of a possibility there. I, I could see that. I could also see him 
being again i'm looking i've been watching for odium's champion and who could mm-hmm. where that could come from and mm-hmm. i could see yeah. that being uh something from his his camp as well i just feel like odium is hate and teravangian doesn't hate he's just he's like amoral in the pursuit of his goals he's too smart to be moral Anyway, Ooh, that's an interesting statement. So many. <laughs> that's an interesting there's, there's a philosophical discussion for there a while. We we'll, um, we'll, we'll take that one up when we do level three only. Uh, speaking of gathering all of the radiance together, which maybe I lost part of the thread for a minute, so sorry. No, uh, you're, good. you're good. That's good. Okay, good. I it was I can't rem- I cannot remember the name of the country, but it's the one where where Lyft was, where they were trying to figure out who the new ruler was going to be, and it ends up being Gok. Uh-huh. Dalinar talks about how he's been trying to contact everybody and telling them that this storm is coming and get rid of your parchment and terrible things and everybody thinks he's crazy except for this one place that has the new king or it has oh, the new yeah. ruler. Did they have a succession war? No, there's too much paperwork involved in that. Yes, <laughs> they just, exactly. And they just picked a person and I mean, Gok has lift with him, which I wonder will kind of help make it a little bit easier for her to... I'll be interested to see her novella because in Arcanum Unbounded, we get a novella about Lyft. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll be excited for that. Um, Again, bringing the Knights Radiance together. Uh, Dalinar is of the order of the Bondsmiths. Bondsmiths. Did you guys uh, catch when they talked about the Bondsmiths? Uh, There's one in the epigraphs for one section talk are from Words of Radiance and it outlines what each group does, what they who they are and gives you a little bit of information. Did you guys catch that about the Bondsmiths? I didn't actually remember. go back and look at them after. I was I read it, but I was my mind was a bit full at the moment. I was so too I busy, don't remember. Yeah. I was too busy getting to the meat to focus on the epigraph. You remember So us? here's what you need to know about the Bondsmiths. They only had three members at any given time and they all bonded to the same spren. Whoa. Huh. Really? Wow. They were all bonded to the same spren. So they were a triumvirate. Basically, it didn't always sure. have three. It they never grew more than three, but it could be that it. They said at one point it says that they had as few as one. That was a master, running. an apprentice, and that annoying kid that tagged <laughs> along everywhere with them. <laughs> and the Peter Pettigrew and, and Jar Jar, <laughs> right? And <laughs> his surges are tension and adhesion. Uh, he shares um, adhesion with the Wind Runners, which mm-hmm. is the lashings mm-hmm. ability uh, there. Cool. And uh, tension is more along the lines of the bonding where I, I, I'll just read it here. Tension grants the ability to connect objects and adhesion grants the ability to attach one object to another. Any physical application of these two abilities could conceivably be in the bondsmith's toolbox. Uh, so someone pointed, they point out in here, think about the uh, lurchers from Mistborn. Yeah. The, the pull ability. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So you could have Dalinar now being able to do, I mean, he can do the lashings like Kaladin can, but he could also potentially be pulling himself different ways, doing things. I, I don't foresee him in a lot of action sequences like that, but oh. it would be interesting. And I and because he's a bondsmith, I assume he can also forge new knights oh. by creating the Nahil bond, which oh. he could actually be like. That just went right over my head. The bond so. that forms between the spren and the knight oh, allows okay. them their the abilities. Oh, okay. I'm wondering if he if if he can artificially can create, create that, that yeah. which could also be where we get. This is my guess on shard plate. Actually, now that I think about it, that you could take armor and infuse and and bond it to a spren, and then it has the properties it needs to be able to be made, changed to fit whoever huh. to do things like that. But it still needs stormlight to feed it. Sure. Yeah, huh. it's okay. I'm just really hoping the fact that he will not have a shard blade is not going to bite him in the butt like i hope that does not become 
It sounds eh. really ominous. It probably will, but I I bet I he's worry about that. I bet he's going to find one of the honor blades, and we have. Um, I was going to say, Kaladin has one of the honor blades, which is why Zeth had the Windrunner abilities, because that's the honor blade of uh, Tanavast. Right. So, which, by the way, it's going to be interesting to see what Zeth does going forward, because now he doesn't have Windrunner abilities, he has whatever Nightblade is. Skybreaker abilities, yeah. Well, I don't even know that he has Skybreaker abilities. He's got whatever... Whatever whatever comes with Nightblood. Yeah. Which may or may not be easier to deal with or not. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, now I have the voice in his head. I, I I have a prediction that we have not seen the last of the the humorous try uh, the humorous duo, uh, Rock and Lopen trying to treat trying to teach Elokar what it means to be a good king. <laughs> oh, I, I want that, that to happen. And because it the, would be like the opposite of Tindwill. One of the <laughs> one of the uh, one of right. one of the parts in the in the book that I really enjoyed in, this, in section five was when uh, Elokar comes to see Kaladin and he says, "Well, I heard you were too sick to come and see me. Obviously, that was wrong." And he just lays into him and says, "Even you won't come and see me. No, I, I can't even order you around. And here you are being a hero. How do you do it?" This, uh, I, um, Elokar's gone. Well, he's not talking about being a hero. He's talking about being a leader. Well, he's talking about being a leader, but he also talks very specifically. You're a hero. How do you do it? Right. How do you make people uh, follow you? How do you make people listen to you? Um, Elokar went from being a um, kind of a, a, a pampered little prissy boy to a spoiled little brat to being a very sympathetic trapped in the midst of all of these other things going on and no one knows and, and he doesn't know how to fix he doesn't know how to get where people need him to be because nobody is interested in helping him grow yeah he's suddenly become right. really unimportant in and, this whole thing and i think that um the that the interaction that he is that that we're that we're seeing set up where he's interacting with with lopen and rock is going to open open up an opportunity to have some really fun conversations that I'm hopeful will result in Elokar being elevated to a status where he can finally become one of the Knights Radiant as well. I think that's I think that's leading to there I, eventually. I that's part of mine. I think that's going to happen. Uh, I think he ends up being whatever Yasna was in in the similar similar vein to whatever Yasna was. An else caller. Uh, an else caller. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, just because he keeps he keeps seeing the, I'm I'm curious because simple heads in the shadows and such, and he's seeing them. There's um. There's a there's something about high spren. Um, they're the leaders of the people of the of the spren in Shadesmar, and I'm wondering if, uh, he is seeing cryptics who are part of, you know, the high spren or something like that. I'm not. I'm not sure because if he's seeing cryptics, he's what Shalon is a lightweaver, right. most likely. Um, but didn't he also well, Yasna, didn't he also say that when um, Kaladin came in, that they started to leave? Yeah, that's true. They don't. The Honor Spren and the Cryptics are not warring factions, but they don't get along yeah, but at all. They hate each other. Yeah, which is why Spren can hate. Which is why Sil doesn't like Pattern. Yeah, I so. think the other thing that we haven't seen the last of is Moash. Oh, that, no, definitely not. This was going to be my prediction, is that Moash uh, is instrumental in bringing down the ghost bloods from inside. Mm. Um, he's going to, I think, 
I, I don't know. I don't know how specific to get on that. But I mean, I think he spends a lot of book three being kind of a puppet upon uh, one of the I didn't sign up for this. And now I'm kind of trapped into it. Uh, does a lot of bad for the ghost bloods. Probably he and Kaladin end up at odds sometime in the book. And in the end, he is instrumental in bringing down the ghost bloods, probably saving Kaladin. I bet if I were going to put money on, it, I would bet he ends up sacrificing himself and, and he's dead by the end of book three. Except he's That's, with the Sons of Honor. Not, that, yes, yeah. but yeah, just replace Ghostbloods with Sons of Honor. That's what, yeah. That's Which, I'm sorry, that was another thing. As I was rolling through Section 5, there were so many little moments like yeah. that where I, I wanted to understand what was going on, and I pretty much just had to say, Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> Wait till the second read-through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I, when all of your I brain matter this. has been exploded, you can't read anymore. You have to stop. You have to just enjoy the ride and come back and read it later. It was really, yeah, it was really tough. There's, and that's why um, I, I think he's doing a really marvelous job setting things up. But I do feel like this has been two extremely long books of setup. Yeah. And so, yeah. and he's done a marvelous job with them. I do not want to overstate my case here. But when people say, oh, Stormlight is my favorite series that Sanderson has done, like that's fine. I don't begrudge you that opinion. But I still say, as a series, I'll, I'll take Mistborn, that original Mistborn trilogy. Now, when we get further into this, you know, especially I'm, I'm thinking when we get the five, the first five books out done, then I'll be in a better position to say, oh, okay, this is like really a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. um, but in this case... There's just too many strands and it's too complex without the answers that I need for me to go, oh, this is so satisfying. And I'm willing Do you know to what bet, I mean? I, and I'm willing to bet that there is still more setup to come. Maybe. I, I don't know. For five books, because Ryan, you've said it's t ten, bu 10 books in two five-book halves. And so if we take that first five-book half, I can't imagine he would do a lot more setup. Uh, I just imagine it's a lot more story for two books and then a crazy conclusion. With the just with this being epic fantasy, there is always going to be some something set up, something built to some new set of dominoes that are caused by a certain action. It's cause and effect going through. It's going to happen. But what we needed to do, a lot of the initial setup of getting us to the point where the Knights Radiant are back, mm -hmm. we have the we have a way for them to get around. We you know we're starting to see this refounded. I think the next setup stage is gathering the glowers, the nice. gathering yeah, yeah. the knights. Um, gathering the glowers, that was nicely said. Thank you, thank you. Uh, doing that, and that's that could be a big uh, section of book three, which is called Oathbringer, um, right. based on his on the, on the blade that is currently out a window, it was thrown out a window. It will be interesting thank to see you where so it much shows Adolin. back up. So Oathbringer's out there. Um, my prediction for Oathbringer, uh, I've already said this before, I'm pretty certain we're going to get to know the Night Watcher in book three. So. Because yeah. with Dalinar's lack of ability to remember his wife's name or hear it or do anything like that, and the way the other histories have worked. <laughs> I hope he's I hope that's his wife. I hope the Night Watcher is his that's wife. Not, <laughs> what? That's funny. That's not. But the uh, knowing also that the Night Watcher is the mother of Spren, um, and her boon and curse. I think we'll get to know a little bit more about that and yep. a little more about uh, 
where spren come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, when uh, a boy from, spren from and a girl spren. Okay, when a mommy spren and a daddy <laughs> spren. <laughs> well, we know where that is. Someone, someone out there is like, we know where spren come from. Their thoughts, people, you know, given it. Yeah, we know. I'm, yeah. Yeah. But that was a joke. Sometimes a joke. Love it. It's seriously on. It's getting pretty late. Yeah, uh, we should probably know. wrap it up yeah. because <laughs> we're all getting a little incoherent. Uh, so yep. what, what do you think? Should we do some final thoughts? Let's go for it. Any anything, any points you'd like to, to close out with? Any quotes you'd like to really share before before we have to turn away from this for a little while and go into Cosmere, spe- Cosmere stuff? Uh, you're going to have to call on somebody specific. <sighs> yeah. Eeny, meeny, miny, Ken. Um, I... <laughs> I don't know. I got. I'm interested to see what the fallout's going to be from from Adolin. I mean, there are so many things. I mean, between the power vacuum that's left from the death of Sadius to um, does the guilt drive him mad? To does he? I mean, he left a few clues. You know, he cut off his he, he cut off his cuffs. Did did somebody actually watch? You know, somebody was actually coming around the corner just in time to see and didn't, you know, that wasn't part of the book. There's going to be, that's going to be pervasive, I think. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Craig. Uh, I want to actually dip back into <laughs> section four a little bit. I chose the phrase that I did with these words of the day uh, very specifically because I felt like just based on my reading of section one and two, like this is where the book was going. And I feel like it's a pretty appropriate question uh, about truth. There's the moment when Syl has, shall we say, died. She has left Kaladin and he is ruminating on why that is. And she's come back and said a few things to him in her very childlike state as she's regressing and she calls him bad and naughty. And he's thinking about this... Um, And he says, so this was because of his promise to Moash that he'd help assassinate the king. Kaladin sighed, continuing forward. Syl couldn't see why his decision was the right one. She was a spren, and she had stupid, simplistic morality. To be human was often to be forced to choose between distasteful options. Life wasn't clean and neat like she wanted it to be. It was messy, coated with creme. No man walked through life without getting covered in it, not even Dalinar. And the moment I read that, I thought, no, that's crap. Yes, life That's is complex. Creme. That's creme. There you go. <laughs> nice, Ken. <laughs> yes, it's life is complex, but I reject moral relativism. I, we talked in one of our previous podcasts about um, about basic virtues. What what was the phrase that we were using? Do you remember that, Ryan? Getting down to the uh, um, fundamentals, fundamental morality, basically. Like that, I core values core value fundamental values that might be it anyway i do believe very firmly that there are things and we need to search for those things because they're not always easy to find but there are things that are right and things that are wrong and those don't change with context you can throw all the context all the comparison you want at it and that won't change whether it's right or wrong now like i say that's not every single thing in life you know life is not black and white but there are things within it that you can find, that you can hold to, that are right and are wrong. Anyway, and so I, I like that idea in this book, and I think it's brought up uh, in a f- w- few different angles mm-hmm. with Shalon and, and Dalinar and Kaladin, mm-hmm. where what is this truth that they're seeking, and that's something we should all be doing too. Anyway, there's your level three. Nice. I got it out of my system. I'm very proud of you, Craig. Thanks, yeah. man. That was nice. That was nice. Yeah. Todd, you Big seem to be ready truth. to go. I am... Um, 
this is when uh, Kaladin is talking to Zyle, and he says, I worry something awful is going to happen, Kaladin said. I can prevent it, but the awful thing, it might be best for everyone if it does happen. Huh, Zyle said. No advice, Kaladin asked. Choose the option, Zyle said, re rearranging his pillow that makes it easiest for you to sleep at night. The old Arden closed his eyes and settled back. That's what I wish I'd done. Not only do I want to know, not not only do I want to hear more about how this is all working out. I mean, that's I, I love this story. I love the this. I love where the story is going, but I want that story too. You get a good chunk of it in Warbreaker. I was going to say, does that refer I, back to Warbreaker I, when the, the creation the of Nightblood? Yeah, he kills his wife with Nightblood. Yeah, and ends up killing. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's but not that's not really part of the story, so it's not. But I think much. I think yeah. there's I think there based on the way that that's gone and based on where he's at now, I think there's a lot more to his story that we're going to get an opportunity to see at some point. I Possibly. Sure hope so. That's he wrote Warbreaker to introduce that character. So yeah, Megan, your uh, last my parting thought. Parting I thought. um <laughs> making exploding. I don't know. Okay. Explosion spren. Uh, explosion spren around Megan's head. So I'm going to go with... Is that a, is that a Thai food thing? That, it's okay. really good. You should try it sometime. Um, mine, I'm going to go with Dalinar. He has this realization while he's fighting with Zeth. He said if I'd been... He, he's thinking about Gavilar. And um, I, Dalinar's been beating himself up for the last two books about the fact that he was drunk and didn't help to save his brother. And he has this realization, if I'd been there on that night, awake instead of drunk and asleep, Gavilar would still have died. Um, yeah. And so he finally gets that moment where he can just let go and he did everything that he can and he can release. And I think it's interesting that Kaladin, I mean, he still is a, a little bit unresolved over... Tien's death, but when he realizes that the king is Dalinar's Tien, that's what helps him to move forward and move on to the next step. And I just think it's cool that they continue to have parallel journeys. Yep. Here, here. There's, a, there's a, a dozen slivers in this story um, of pieces that you catch on to and you, you're like, well, what's going to happen with that? What's going to happen with that? Mm -hmm. Um First of all, I'm really actually quite surprised we didn't touch at all on actual battle stuff. Um, oh, gosh. For, uh, the whole, oh, yeah, I mean, and else, there was punching. What the, else is the there entire to say? last two sections are all punching. If we spent the entire time on punching, that's all we would talk about. And it's great mm -hmm. as the punching guy, but... There's, I mean, there's a lot there, but there's something that occurs uh, during the punching that I think slips by a lot of people. I mean, it's actually just before the armies start our uh, meet up the uh, listeners all the ones who refuse mm -hmm. are rounded up mm -hmm. oh right and they escape and they escape oh right that's right there is a group of parshendi who are out there who have rejected the change for now for now who are out there so there's two options here either they're going to play some of, they're going to have some effect later on yeah or they're, you can easily write them off by saying the Everstorm caught them and they were forced to change. I think we're going to see them again, but I, but I also wonder, we haven't heard the end of Eshenai, Eshenai and the voice that's screaming that she's trying to keep quiet inside her. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, there's. I mean, we haven't heard the end of any of this crap. I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's so this, much left to go. There's, 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 there's something about that that I think is going to be pivotal with the with the other parts of Parshendi. The the uh, the only reason why this this uh, interests me so much is the fact that some of these Parshendi have shown an obvious ability to fight the evil part part of the change. Mm-hmm. Um, or the destructive part of the change, which I shouldn't say evil because that's a matter of perspective on the, in this case. Oh, because her sister doesn't seem to have been so affected. No, Relaine and yeah. Shen. Yeah. The fact that he oh. defects and says, this is what's going on, don't let him finish the song, things like that. Yeah. Um, he's in storm form. Mm-hmm. He yeah. obviously has... He's got has the red eyes. Fight it off. Is, is he? Yeah. Yeah, he I did. thought he was in warrior form. I thought form. he was in... I thought so too. Yeah. I thought he was just in warrior form. Because he doesn't not have in, the red eyes. I thought. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't no, think. No, I, I think he's just a warrior. He's just in warrior form. Right. I, I don't know. We'll Let's, double check it. I think it's when. So he he converts over to the warrior form, and then they start rounding everybody up, and that's when he makes his break. Yes. That yes. that's how I read it. That, that's how I that read it too. Be, okay. Okay. That might be. Okay. Yeah, anyway, but I'll the, double well, check that one. But the defectors though include her mom, include her boyfriend. Food. So food. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We really do need to wrap this up. Yeah. So we good? Yeah. Good. All right. Good. This is definitely our longest episode to date, uh, which brings me to back to my plea, patreon.com slash legendarium. Uh, please be generous and donate to the podcast there. Part of the reason is that for these longer episodes, I actually ran into a problem in September where loading the podcasts into our hosting service uh, I, we ran out of room. They're oh, too big. No. And so in order to do longer podcasts, I, d- I don't know what we'll do in the future if we'll trim them back down to an hour or if uh, if we have enough people who are willing to help us out with those hosting costs, we could increase our allotment there uh, with our host. So uh, anyway, patreon.com slash legendarium. We do have actual real costs that we need to cover and we would love your help if you are enjoying the podcasts in doing that. Uh, anyway, now that I've got that out of the way, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to those who have been with us for a long time since the beginning of uh, the Brandon Sanderson series that we've started. Or heck, I know a few of you have been listening since darn near the beginning of the podcast itself. Uh, but also, you know, a thanks to those of you who have joined in during these six discussions on the Stormlight Archive. Uh, I know there are lots of you, thousands and thousands of you. It's been incredible. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you stick with us as we move into Robert Jordan stuff and as we continue on with Brandon Sanderson discussions because, as should be abundantly clear, I have no freaking idea what's going on in the Cosmere, (laughs) and I need somebody to explain it to me. That's going to be Ryan's next job. So, uh, again, thank you for listening. Thank you uh, to the four of you for uh, joining with me in reading all this stuff, and we'll see you all in... Gosh, I guess a week for Cosmere 101. There you go. And uh, for maybe two weeks. I don't know. We'll put a schedule up there. Uh, If you would like to know a little bit more about what's coming up, you can be a $3 donor on Patreon, and you'll get some behind-the-scenes audio. We're going to shut this off and talk a little bit about what's coming up on the podcast, and we'll post that there, a little five minutes on what we're doing next, and we'll see you all there. Okay, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.